2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game from Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. It's hard to believe this is the last show of 2022 and happy new year coming up. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorn, PA. Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And Chet, the Eagles go down to Dallas and fall to the Cowboys with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Still in the driver's seat, uh, but more importantly, got hit with some injuries. And that is something to be concerned about. The Sixers had won eight straight before losing last night. They're playing good ball, but still sit in fifth place in the Eastern Conference, haven't gained any ground. And the Phillies added a bullpen piece uh, as they're continuing to build the 2023 roster. I know you're excited about that. As always, there's plenty to talk about in Philly sports. So, Bill, other than the Eagles lost to uh, Dallas, how was your Christmas weekend? Was Santa good to you and the family? Santa was wonderful. Uh, More importantly, to my family, because I have two of the sons here, uh, a girlfriend here, not my girlfriend, a girlfriend here. <laughs> I was going to say, whoa. <laughs> and uh, and uh, two grandchildren here. So uh, Christmas has been just almost perfect if the last son was here. Yeah, especially with the grandkids. That's always a good time. In fact, our guest tonight has a grandkid or two or three that uh, I know he had a good time with. That's right. uh, yeah, so anyway, carry on, Bill. All right. Well, hey, you mentioned uh, our guest, a great guest, making his ninth end-of-the-year visit. Frank Fitzpatrick's joined us. You know, uh, we have to ask Frank, Chet, because he retired only to become a full-time grandfather that I think takes up more time than uh, than he had when he worked. But uh I know he enjoys it. We got uh, Boop will be back to make week 16 picks a little bit later on. So, uh, but hey, before we get started, we want to give a holiday holiday shout out to some of our long-term followers, uh, Chet at Philly Press Box Radio. Having some medical issues. Big John Roberts been in the hospital over Christmas. Uh, Frank Kolachny's also been in the hospital. And of course, our friend Fester uh, Talamini is, uh, he's battling cancer on a daily basis and, uh, fighting a fight and wanted to give a shout out to those guys especially over the christmas holidays yeah a lot of people dealing with sickness or medical issues and over the holidays it's really unfortunate we wish them all the best but you know what bill i think watching and listening to our show with a legendary philly sports columnist will help at least a little bit absolutely and let's get to it let's welcome frank fitzpatrick back to philly press box radio frank welcome frank can you hear us can you guess? There you go. Hey, Frank. All right. Uh, Frank, welcome back. We do appreciate you taking time for us during the holiday season every year and helping us review the year in Philly sports. Before we do that, though, let's uh, talk about what's going on with the Eagles. Whoa. No, we hear you. We hear you. He can't hear, 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 hear us. Oh, no. Mm. Well, check your settings, Frank. Um we hear you. So we will continue to work with this. I'll send you a text and hang tight on that front because we want to talk to you about the Eagles and Cowboys and the entire Philly sports year in review. So hold on, Bill, you carry on here while I work with Frank on this. I will carry on. Uh, we'll go ahead. We'll get started. Uh, I'm, I'm going to walk through a few Eagles comments that we're going to uh, we're going to get to. Gardner Minshew, I think uh, everyone had to be pretty well impressed with uh, how he now he played the game. Uh, certainly some misses. Uh, there was certainly some rust. There were certainly some situations where he probably could have run the ball. Uh, I, I have to think he was on strict orders not to run the ball. Uh, Ian Book was the backup quarterback um, in that game. I know the Eagles weren't weren't wanting to get in the situation to have to use um, Ian Book in that game. So. I think they were conservative on the offensive side. 
Um, from that standpoint, but heck, they still put up a whole pile of points. A.J. Brown, uh, uh, Devontae Smith, still outstanding as always. So uh, I'm not worried about the offense, Bill. I think the offense is going to be just fine no matter who's quarterbacking the birds this weekend, and it certainly looks like it will be um, the backup Gardner Minshew, which is probably the wise thing. I think you can beat the Saints with as you said, even Ian Book, but I don't think that's going to happen. Um, when you come that close to beating the Cowboys in Dallas in a game they really wanted, and now you're coming home after three weeks on the road, uh, I'm not overly concerned about it. So, yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens, but I, I feel good about it. Let's see if we can hear Frank now when we bring Frank on. Frank, can you hear us now? Yes? No? Sorry. Huh. Uh, Looks like you're having a good show, but I we are. Can't it's hear a word. Yes. <laughs> we can hear you, Frank. Oh my I, I goodness! Saw, I saw you don't Frank know sign Frank's language. Did you? By, so. Oh, wow. Well, let's see. Let's see. Uh, yeah, mute him, unmute him. That didn't work. Uh, hmm. What do we do, Jet? I don't know. Something Put on, on Frank's end. Clear. We hear him. Right. So. Uh, let's see. Where's our tech man? Oh, wait, we don't have one, Bill. That's right. That's our, that's man. you. Remember? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there, there's Big John's listening in, and uh, John, get get well, our friend. Uh, we certainly, no one likes to spend the holidays in the hospital, and uh, hopefully, you get well soon, along with the others. You know what? I'm going to tell Frank to uh, totally disconnect and come back in yeah we we hear everybody too it's just that frank can't hear us john so um all right i'm gonna tell frank to call back in and or dial back in we'll see if that uh, works all right all right okay anyway, not, Bill, yeah you talk a little more about what's coming up with the eagles and we'll try to figure this out yeah yeah the, the other couple things that uh we'll talk about a little bit later is uh you know really confusing to me that boston scott i think played one one snap on offense they tried to give him the ball and he and there's a fumble in the exchange which probably um you know was as big a play as the miles sanders fumble because it also led to points i believe 20 total points off of turnovers so the eagles defense looks terrible statistically but a lot of those points were off of um turnovers by the offense so not good the third and 30 play, we'll certainly uh, talk about that. Uh, Darius Slay's getting fried on, on social media. I'm not sure that's a Darius Slay problem. Well, yeah, but then he threw a teammate under the bus, which is uh, what he's really getting slammed for, because you can't do that, especially if you're a team leader like Slay. So, yeah, yeah. the defense has had some problems, obviously. Ruben uh, Frank recently, uh, the other day, put out a stat about uh, the Eagles' turnover ratio. Over the yeah. first nine games, they were the league leaders in that. Over the last seven, they're down at or very near the bottom in terms of uh, you know the turnover ratio. So that's that's not a good sign as you're moving toward the playoffs. No, and you know I think the biggest thing is injuries. You know, losing Lane Johnson is just absolutely huge. Um, you know, we'll we'll find out how it works this week. Um, against the Saints and, and then against the Giants, if it's if it's that important against the Giants, um, but certainly going into the playoffs, they need Lane Johnson back. He is, uh, he, yeah, I'm going to say he's the best right tackle in football, and maybe I'm a little biased because he's an Eagle. But when you don't give up sacks for two years, you're pretty doggone good, and uh, they they need Lane Johnson back in a big big way. Yeah, they do, and it's good that he is going to try to uh, come back for the playoffs. I'll put off the surgery, so that that's definitely a good sign. And speaking of good signs, I'm seeing Frank. Let's see if Frank can hear us and uh, we can hear him. Frank, any luck this time? Yes? No? How about it, Frank? Nope. Nope. Frank's got a settings problem. Oh, oh no. You. Frank, we need your technical skills from your wife because uh, she helped you <laughs> out previously, I think. <laughs> Keep trying, Frank. Keep trying. We'll come back to you in a, in a couple of minutes here. Check those settings. Uh, at the bottom of your screen, there should be something that says settings. Check those. Make sure it's audio and video. So we'll, we'll come back to you, Frank. Hang tight. <laughs> yep. 
Any luck, Frank? I hear you. Yeah, I hear him. Testing one, two, one, two. Hello, Frank. <laughs> oh, my. Frank, we're going to see if you can find a setting that says something about uh, your ability to hear. And, you know, then we'll carry on. So hang tight and keep trying. Plug away, Frank, even though you can't hear me saying this. <laughs> Uh, you know, shame, Joe, Joe says so good teams adapt about. to injuries, and, and th that's true. Nobody preaches next man up thing any more than me. Uh, but you know what? When you lose a guy who is the best in the league at his position, the next man up isn't as good. You know, it's just it's just one of those things. You could still be, you know, you could still be out there banging and getting better, but uh you know, Jack Driscoll, I guess, is going to be the guy. I don't think Andre Dillard is 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 the guy. I think it's going to be Driscoll. I think uh, so too. Yeah. Yeah. So Mick, Mick uh, wouldn't really give any clues to that. He just said, you know, we have options. We have options. Yeah, you have options. And you know, you could just say, come on, Driscoll's going to start. We'll see how he does. Is that yeah. going to like give the Saints any great insight into what you're doing? You know. Well, the only thing it could do is if they did decide to make a move and put Jordan Mulata on the right side. And and somebody on else on the left side. Well, that that is information the Saints don't really need to have. Yeah, you know. So you know he he's not lying. He's just not telling, and that that's okay too. <laughs> yeah, I guess. So, so um, I want to ask you, you Chet. Yeah. I, well, I wanted to ask you what you thought about the uh, the Eagles' running game and well, kind of lack of running game. They they didn't run the ball much again. Um, and, and they started late again. Yeah, again, uh, I mean, they gave Sanders more work this time around than the previous week, certainly. And speaking of which, did you see he did not participate in today's walkthrough? So I don't know if there's any kind of injury concern with Miles Sanders or not, but that was uh, an interesting because we didn't hear of any kind of injury, you know, with him over the weekend. So I don't know. I, I hope he's okay. And I do hope they run the ball a lot again this coming week. So, uh, you know, I would love to have Sanders back in the lineup. And I, I think one thing about this weekend is that I kind of like that, in a sense, that it means something uh, for the Eagles to play this game because had they beaten the Cowboys and clinched everything, we probably wouldn't see a whole lot of the starters, if any at all. I like that they're getting some more work here in what will be week 17, the Eagles' 16th game. And uh, maybe not Hurts and certainly not Lane Johnson, but all the other guys will be in there and getting some much-needed work and hopefully wrapping up the number one seed. Yeah, well, uh, I'm, I'm all for playing, playing on through. Play them again next week, too. Get, get it? You know, win the outright this week. Play them next week. Take the next week off. Uh, I'm good with that. Um, you know, Big John sends a message here talking about uh, Avante Maddox. That was another loss. Uh, Jordan Davis is on, in concussion protocol. Yep. That's a, that's a loss. Um, so yeah, I mean these guys need to all. We need to get healthy. This is not the time of the year to be banged up. If you're going to get banged up, get banged up early, and by now you have them all back. This isn't the time to be getting hurt. And uh, but yeah, you can't it is what it is. automatic an automatic. Uh, 2017-18 all over again when you know even without Jason Peters and Darren Sproles and Carson Wentz you were able to you know carry on and win the Super Bowl I don't think that you can do that again you might be able to because I think Gardner Minshew can win a few games even though he doesn't have the arm that Jalen Hurts does uh, I think this team is well-rounded enough that they can make a deep playoff run no matter you know who is there and who's not there but you'd rather have everybody healthy certainly yeah, well, and I think that Minshew's only going to get better. I think he's going to be a lot better this week. Like I say, there, you know, there was a lot of rust. You could see some balls that, uh, you know, just weren't thrown great. Uh, open receivers that he missed, um, not because he missed the read, because he missed the throw. He just didn't, you know, he hadn't played the whole season. So there, there's going to be a little bit of that. And also, I think if if it came down to him being the guy. Um, to carry on through the playoffs that, that Jalen Hurts couldn't go, then I think they opened the playbook up some more. And I think you'll see Minshew running the ball. There were opportunities for him to run. And, 
you know, whether it was by uh, direction or, or what, he chose not to run. And like you say, do you want to finish the season with Ian Book? Uh, I, I don't think that's really where they want to be at this point. And Ian Book may be just fine, but uh, that's not where you're going into the playoffs, I don't think. Yeah, let's beat the Saints on Sunday, and then if you want to play Ian Book in the final weekend of the year, which might not mean anything to the Giants either, by the way, because if the Giants win this week, they are definitely in as either a six or seven seed. So, uh, you know, that final week against the Giants might not mean anything to either team. Oh, well. Yeah, well, what, what Once what every we three do? months or so, we have a, a technical issue. It happens. Yeah. We, we will survive. Um yeah. Again, if if the audio suddenly reemerges for Frank, let us know. Give us a thumbs up, or you know, send us a message, and we'll get you right on. Um, enough about the Eagles for now. We can get back to them in a bit. But I, I want to talk about the year in review. It was quite a year for the Philly sports scene. And if we go back to February, one of the biggest moments of the year, Bill, it was when the Eagles traded Ben Simmons to the Nets and got back, uh, well, the primary piece, James Harden, of course. Uh, I'm sure you remember that well. Yeah, that was the Sixers, not the Eagles. But that's Oh, yeah, okay. the Sixers, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember it well, and uh, quite, uh, quite happy that it happened, and uh, it's all going to work out. Uh, you know, they got they got rid of that contract. They needed to get him out of town. Um, Harden struggled a little bit last year. He's playing much better this year. Uh, could, couldn't have worked out better as far as I'm concerned for the Sixers. Yeah, uh, it did work out very, very well. Um, let me see if I have Ben Simmons there. Uh, no, I, didn't, I was looking for the, the trade uh, graphic that I had of Simmons and Harden and all that, but I could not find it immediately. But hey, yeah, I, gotta, that I, gotta, I do out. have to tell you, Chet, one of our critics is out here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Just like the injuries, you know. We're on and, the uh, fly. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, Joe. Well, <laughs> well oh. I sent Joe a gift. Now he, he gets critical of us. Come on, Joe. Right, That's right. okay. We still love you, man. Oh, <laughs> go! Hey, uh, see, we got all kinds of stuff going on. We got John, Big John in the hospital. He's busy here. He says back to Chet. Let's see, back to Chet having to send Glenn Rivers a couple of those L's he <laughs> drinks after Glenn turned the Sixers around on a seven and zero homestand. Yeah, they won eight in a row and then uh, lost to a, a bad Washington Wizards team. And you know. It brings back the frustration that you and others have with Joel Embiid. He scores 48 points or whatever, but he tries to do it all himself in the closing minutes, and he had two key turnovers in the final minute with the Sixers within three points. And, you know, it, it's just too much of a reliance, I think, on Embiid and James Harden on the part of Doc Rivers and the Sixers as a whole. you got to have some confidence in the other guys. Now, the good thing is they'll get Maxi back, uh, we think on Friday night, which will definitely help. They'll probably have him come off the bench initially. And again, the subs, the guys off the bench didn't contribute much last night, 15 or 16 points from the bench guys. Um, Niang, I think one for six or one for seven, three points. That ain't going to cut it. So there's still a work in progress and I'm not ready to fire Doc Rivers yet. He just won eight in a row before last night. So we'll continue to give Doc a shot because, you know, after all, Bill, there is this about. But I think I do a, a terrific job. I think I do a, a terrific job. A terrific job. A terrific job. A terrific job. I haven't dusted that off in a while. I thought it was appropriate, and I think Bill. I think we do a terrific job too, despite our technical classic. That was that's a classic. Well, and you know, and we talked about Joel Embiid a couple weeks ago, and uh, the stats show that they aren't as good. They don't win as many games when he scored 40-some points. Um, they, and Maxie will help that. Harris needs to be part of it. Uh, but I think they, they're better. They're certainly a better team when everybody's participating and not spectating and watching Joel score 40-plus. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that front. Um, you'd like to see him get you know his 32 33 yeah. harden as you mentioned has been playing much better of late 15 16 assists every game it seems he tied wilt and uh mo cheeks the other night with 21 assists in a game so he's certainly coming along and playing great and if maxi comes back healthy I, I like their prospects I, I said it last week i think they're going to finish in the top four certainly in the east 
And then the key is what's going to happen in May and June, hopefully. You want to get past the second round for a change, or yeah. then no matter what, I want Doc fired no matter what if they don't get past the second round. Well, they're going to have to win Eastern Eastern Conference games because the Eastern Conference yeah. aren't, isn't losing. So even with uh, their eight-game winning streak, they didn't gain ground in the play, in the standings, and uh, they're going to have to beat the teams in front of them in order to, to gain ground because everybody's winning. Yeah, definitely. So uh, a lot of time left in the season, so I'm not overly worried about it. Uh, I think they're going to be okay, Bill. I, I really so, do. So what happened in March? Anything after February? <laughs> uh, well, the Phillies started off the season in, you know, kind of questionable ground. We didn't know what to expect from them. Joe Girardi was the manager, as you'll recall. And, uh, you know, it's funny, before Girardi was hired, pretty much everybody, including you and me, wanted Girardi hired as the guy over the other candidates, including Dusty Baker, by the way, at the time. And... I still thought it was the right decision, but I think we were proven wrong on that front because they just could never get into a, a good gear all season long until they made the managerial change. Yeah, and I think uh, two things that came out of that. One is I think we found out that Joe Girardi was a lot more of an analytical guy than a baseball guy than we thought. Yep. And I think we also thought that he was a player's manager, and we found out that that wasn't the case either. Um, especially with the younger players, they just couldn't get comfortable with Girardi and, uh, and it really affected the bullpen. And we really saw that when Rob Thompson came on, it was a whole, a whole completely different team and completely different turnaround. Yeah. Thompson did a great job. And, you know, it's funny. I was listening today to our buddy, Kevin Cooney, who was filling in on 97.5. He's been getting a lot of filling work on there. And he was talking today about, Rob Thompson. And in his mind, uh, what Kevin did today was talked about uh, who he thought were the Philly sports people who had, you know, the best season or the Philly sports person of the year. And in his mind, number one was Rob Thompson. I sent him a list. I had Howie Roseman, number one, Rob Thompson, number two, Jalen Hurts, number three. But uh, you certainly can't argue with Rob Thompson after what he accomplished with the team turning them around from the time he was hired right up until, you know, getting them to the World Series. So Thompson, a great choice, and I thought Howie Roseman was as well. Well, it, it's funny that you uh, that you mentioned that because I made a note that I was going to – I thought I was going to ambush you. Yeah. I was going to ask you, sportsman slash player of the year. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there you go. Yeah, I, I, I was going to bring that up. I guess you've answered that with Howie Roseman because my answer was Howie Roseman. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, what, what he managed to accomplish. it, And I'll tell you what, the other one, Chad, I think that needs uh, needs a shout-out is Dave Dombrowski. Um, yes. Oh, D Dombrowski was number three or four on my list. I think I had him right behind Jalen Hurts. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, uh, Dombrowski certainly. And, way and, up there. and credit to ownership of the Phillies for opening the vault. They they started it early uh, with the signings of Schwarber and Castellanos, and they continued on. And uh, you know, they kept adding pieces as they went. Not quite enough, but pretty darn good fun season. Got to put the picture of Howie Roseman up there because, uh, as I said, he was my number one choice for Philly Sports Person of the Year. So, Howie, number one in my books, Rob Thompson, number two, Jalen Hurts, and Dave Dombrowski, three and four in no particular order. And uh, there you go. You got my answer, Bill. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Hey, All another right. thing happened this year. This guy retired, Jay Wright. Kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, they were back in, what, the Final Four again this year. He won a couple of titles there over the last six years and in the Hall of Fame and all of a sudden decided that he's had enough of coaching and really took everybody by surprise. But, man, what a career he has had and, by all accounts, a great guy. So uh, that was certainly one of the big stories of the year. Jay Wright calling it quits. Well, you know what, Chet? I think it would be interesting to know if you could just sit down and maybe – at the Conchahawken Brewing Company and have a beverage with Jay. Oh, man. And find out, uh, eh, why do you just up and leave? Something, yeah. something wasn't right there. Uh, you know, I, I, what, he's 52 years old? 
I, I think. Older than that, I think. Is he that older than that? Yeah. But anyway, I mean, he, he's a dynasty. He, he could be the mayor up there, and uh, he just decided, woke up one day and said, you know what, this is it. Some, something, something just smells bad to me. Maybe but he knows, what a great career. What a great maybe career. Maybe he knows Doc Rivers is going to get fired at the end of the season <laughs> and he'll come in and save the Sixers. Wouldn't that that's be That's not going to happen. A that, lot of people would love it, though. You know yeah, that. <laughs> that. That's not going to happen. Probably. No, nah, he might get fired. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. But Jay Wright's not coming. Well, while we're continuing with our year in review, I hate to do it, but we got to talk about the Flyers. Yeah. Well, Claude Giroux <laughs> got traded. That, that was earlier in yeah. the year. Yeah. Uh, and that left them with no goal scoring. And then they uh, went out and got a hockey guy and uh, John Tortorella. And hmm, we're going to have to wait and see how this all plays out. Hey, PJ says that Jay Wright is 61 years old. There you go. Yeah, I thought he was closer to 60. So, yeah, yeah. 61. Time flies, Bill. Uh, speaking of the Flyers, though, I remember seeing this at one point. <laughs> I set my DVR to record the biggest loser, and it keeps recording Philadelphia Flyers games. Uh, I, 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 don't, I can't even laugh at that. <laughs> I, I can't even. They're laugh just at tough that. to watch. Usually, I, I wait till January, but you know, it's going to be January next week. I'm not ready to watch the Flyers this year, Bill. Well, the thing, the thing about the Flyers, because I've still continued to watch them, uh, Carter Hart has actually played very, very well, or they would have lost another five or six games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. They keep turning the puck over, and and he certainly doesn't stop all of them. But he's kept them in games that uh, even though they ended up losing four to three, uh, it could have been eight to three. Uh, So, yeah, it's uh, they're 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 in disarray. That's for sure. Yeah, they got a lot of problems and you know, some people think that uh, it might be time for Chuck Fletcher to get the axe. And you certainly understand the way they feel because things are not going well. Well, I mean, what's the difference? I you know. know when it, it comes to the general manager, at this thing. point, the, the team is set. Now, if you want to fire him before the next draft because he's drafted lousy, yeah, you know, I, I guess think you that's could, what they want. You could do that, but uh, to to fire them on New Year's Day just because you're firing them, really to me doesn't prove anything. So he he's not the guy. He's not a player for one, and he's not the guy out there trying to trying to work the player. So um, I don't know that that helps a lot. Yeah. Um, all right. So the Eagles. Let's get back to the Eagles. Certainly draft night was just huge when they made the trade. I was doing the show with some of the edge of Philly sports guys and we got the news. Wait, the Eagles have just traded for AJ Brown. Really? Really? And, you know, it was kind of hard to believe because, you know, we know this guy's pretty good and uh, boy, did that work out great, huh? Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I'm not, you know, a huge draft draft Nick as they call it. Uh, but I, I have not ever been as excited about an Eagles draft night as I was this draft night. Getting A.J. Brown was an absolute steal. Um, you know, a lot of people might not know him or might not have known him because he was playing out in Tennessee and, you know, uh, he was in the AFC and all this. I knew who he was, and uh, I knew they got a monster receiver when they got him. Top, you know, top three, top four in the league um and when they got him to go with Devontae smith miles sanders and and i told you all along i felt like jalen hurts was going to have a monster season yeah um, and and they they just have so many weapons um on that offense and and aj <sighs> brown is right at the top of that list yeah and uh, just the way he and hurts work together it's just great to see so i, I think they're going to be together for a long time and it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with Jalen Hurts' contract yes. during the offseason. Well, hey, well be- you know, and, and to, to talk about that for just a second, you know, a, a Jalen Hurts' contract, he's going to he, he needs to get paid. He deserves to get paid. But, you know, and Howie Roseman is is really good at this. If you you can't blow up the whole team to sign Jalen Hurts or anyone else, so they've got to be able to manage this thing so they can continue to build um, because unless Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson decide they're retiring, 
this whole entire offensive side of the ball, if we just look at that for a second, is all back. And most of them are young. Um, you you want to keep them intact as long as you can. Um, but do, Or do you have to say to Jason Kelsey, well, we've already uh, drafted your replacement and we're not giving you another deal? Uh, I think Kelsey... Because we need be. the money for Jalen Hurts. If Kelsey wants to be back, I think Kelsey will be back. Now, a guy who is on offense who might not be back, though, is the guy we mentioned earlier, Miles Sanders. You know that pretty much the entire NFL doesn't put a whole lot of weight on running backs. They kind of think they're a dime a dozen, and I don't think they're going to want to pay him what he feels he's worth and what he probably is worth because they know there are other running backs out there. You can draft a running back in the second or third round. So I'm going to make a prediction that Miles Sanders will not be an Eagle next year. Yeah, I mean, that's a tough spot. He, he's statistically, he's a top five in the league. Um, you know, you can you can replace him. You're going to replace him with Kenny Gainwell. You're going to replace him with Boston Scott. Uh, you're going to have to pay money, rookie contract, if, you, if you're able to draft somebody. Um, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a real tough situation. Somebody's going to pay Miles Sanders. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know. Uh, but you're right, rookie contracts up, and uh, who knows where that, that ends up. And that will conclude for now our year in review because uh, we somehow made it through the half of the show and didn't even have a, a guest other than, you know, seeing Frank's ear a couple of times. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> I got something for you because we can't yeah. stop the year review yet. What okay. about Red October? Well, yeah, we kind of touched on that. That, that. that really was a surprise because we didn't expect that to happen. I mean, we knew they were a playoff contending team. We thought they might sneak in as a wild card. They did that. They ended up getting the final seed among the wild cards. They wouldn't have been there had there not been another wild card team added this year. They wouldn't have been there had there not been the designated hitter. Uh, in the National League this year because of the Bryce Harper situation. So, yeah, that was a real pleasant surprise. And, you know, they they win the opening round. Uh, they beat San Diego. They beat Atlanta. Get to the World Series. Get to Houston. Win the opening game. We thought, yeah, we're going to have another parade. Didn't quite work out that way, but it was certainly a fun ride. It, it was. And, and you know, I think when we when they won in, 0, in 08, I think we, we thought they were going to win. We thought they were good, and we thought yeah. they were going to win, and uh, we, we kind of expected that. This team was just so much fun to watch, and you never knew what night it was going to happen or who, who it was going to happen with. It was Hoskins. It was it was Harper. It was Schwarber. It was Bohm. Everybody contributed, and uh, it was, to me, it was, it was as fun a baseball run as I can remember in a long time. Yeah. It really was. And uh, what I liked is the fact that they went over the financial threshold to to get to that point ahead of the season. And they're still adding now here in this offseason, you know, adding a couple of relievers, uh, another starter and uh, the shortstop, of course, the, the deal for Trey Turner. So, you know, I'm glad to see that John Middleton and um, Dave Dombrowski are all in, as they say, because they know the Mets and Braves aren't going anywhere, and there's going to be a three-team race for the top spot in the National League East next year. Well, this whole thing with the Mets is going to blow up at some point because they're just spending crazy money. And uh, you know, is the league going to just ignore the you know ignore it and just take their tax money? They got more tax money than about a half a dozen or ten ten teams in the league's whole entire payroll. So. That, yeah. That's really interesting in itself. They don't seem to care, but hey, it's going to be fun. Either way, we're going to have fun watching the Phillies and Mets and Braves go at it next year. And uh, boy, before you know it, it'll be mid-February and it'll be pitchers and catchers time, Bill. Almost time. It's one good thing. It's a short winter when you played all the yeah. way into November. That's for sure. Yeah. Let's talk and about insurance. Speaking of that, Chet, it's winter. Uh, it's here along with the cold weather, so you may be spending a little more time on your couch than you are in your car. It's time for you to start saving with Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance. Yeah, that is correct, Bill. Allstate's pay-as-you-go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay-for-mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. 
See how much you can save with pay-per-mile car insurance by calling your local agent. In Westchester, Pennsylvania, that is Dave LaVoy. Call Dave at 610-430-0700. Once again, 610-430-0700. And start to save more now that you are driving less. Well, in eight, Chet, uh, the holiday season is in full swing. Uh, what's going on over at the Irish Rover Station House? Well, as we say goodbye to another year, the gang at the Irish Rover is preparing for a terrific 2023. Some things happening at the Rover include Quizzo every Wednesday evening, as well as a Flyers ticket giveaway event. They had to reschedule because of the bad weather last week. That will now be held next Wednesday. Time to be a determined it was supposed to be a happy hour thing so i'm thinking you know five or six o'clock it will start for that flyers tick away uh, ticket giveaway they have killer burgers every thursday bands most saturday nights all winter long a tailgate menu during all eagles games and that includes this sunday now this sunday of course is new year's weekend the rover will be closing early on new year's eve saturday 7 p.m but they will open up again on sunday new year's day and you can go right there to the Rover to watch the Eagles take on those New Orleans Saints. The Irish Rover Station House, which always has 24 beers on tap, by the way, is on Bellevue Avenue in Langhorne. The website, irishroverstationhouse.com. Merrill, we need you, Merrill. I think I do a, a terrific job. I think I do a, a terrific job. A terrific job. A terrific job. A terrific job. Oh, my. Merrill, come Hi, football fans. This is Merrill Reese, and you're listening to Bill and Chet on Philly Press Box Radio. It's good. Hey, Chet, PJ wants to know if the ugly sweater days are over. You still participate? Uh, no, they are over. I'll have another a holiday shirt this Friday night that I wear, but it's just a, a long sleeve holiday shirt. Uh, a beer-related thing. But, yeah, the sweaters, the ugly ones are over. If I have a, an event, I might wear a nice one. But, yeah, ugly sweater season is now officially over for me. All right. Well, hey, uh, before we get the boop, because he's waiting on us, let's give another quick shout-out to all the shows at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. As always, wall-to-wall coverage. You can catch all the action on www.eopsports.com, as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can also find our show on Philly Press Box Radio YouTube channel. Please help us by hitting those subscribe, follow, and like buttons. And as always, share with your family and friends. As you can see, load it up for the holidays. Yeah. And by the way, um, our show, one of my goals for this year was to get us to 200 subscribers on YouTube. And people get disappointed in me. We're only at 180. So if you're watching us and you haven't yet officially subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go to Philly Press Box Radio's YouTube channel and just hit subscribe. It doesn't cost you anything. You don't even have to watch uh, watch us on there. Just subscribe because we, we like having those higher numbers. It makes they us look us. even more impressive. Yeah, that's right. All right. Well, hey, let's welcome our man from Boop Stats. Bob Vitrone Jr. brought to us live tonight from Splits Bar and Grill to make this week's picks and provide some Week 17 better tidbits. Boop, welcome back. You're looking good at Splits tonight. Thank you. They remind me of the uh, in high school where I would ask a girl out and say, you don't really have to go out with me. Let's just tell people we did. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now that's uh, funny. Well, hey, hey, Chet, uh, how did we do last week? Uh, what are the standings? I think we all had the same picks, didn't we? No, well, we did there was not. one different. No, Boop actually is making his move, Bill, a little while uh, anyway. He, 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 you may remember he picked the Cowboys to beat the Eagles last week, so he oh. went three and one. While Bill, you and I were both very ho hum, two and two. So I'm now forty two and twenty three, still exactly two games up on you, Bill. Boop at 36 and 29 has pulled within six games. So probably too little, too late. But uh, uh, hey, glad to see you're not just mailing it in, Boop. As long as I'm within six and a half with 12 to go, I feel good. There you go. (laughs) Hey, hey, Boop, Chet, one thing about it though. Look, when Boop comes on, look what, here here come the messages. Yeah, there you go. Boop. Good evening, Boop. I I pay those people well. Everybody loves Boop. Boop. Look. Everybody's out there. 
at the bar waiting for me, so let's go. <laughs> All right, let's go. Week 17, we've added Minnesota at Green Bay. The Packers are minus three and a half, Boop. What's up with that? Yeah, and that was surprising to me. You know, Minnesota's doing it with mirrors every week, it seems. Who am I to argue with the methodology? I'm going to go with Minnesota again, even though they're not favored. Well, I'm going to be different on this one because, as you said, Minnesota's been doing it with mirrors. They needed the huge comeback a couple of weeks ago. They managed to win in overtime, I guess, this past week with a field goal, a long field goal. I think Aaron Rodgers and company are making their move. I'm taking the Packers. Well, I tell you what, I, I find it hard to believe that Aaron Rodgers is making a move because they're not a good football team. But uh, Minnesota, I've got to pick up a game on you, Chet. So I'm going to ride the Vikings on this one. Uh, although at Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau is tough. Yeah. All right. All right. Indianapolis visits the New York Giants. The Giants are minus four. Indianapolis is just horrible with Nick Foles at quarterback. Yeah, you know, they're facing another ex-Eagle quarterback. And unless it's Steve Van Buren, I'm going to have to go with the Giants again this week. <laughs> yeah, uh, the Colts stink right now. We used to say that about the Giants in recent years. Right now, the Colts stink. The Giants are trying to lock up a playoff spot. I'm taking the New York football Giants. Yeah, I'm taking the Giants as well, just because Indianapolis can't get out of their own way. Sorry to say. Yep. Yep. All right, Cleveland visits Carson Wentz yeah. and the Washington Commanders. The Commanders <laughs> minus two in this game. How'd that yeah. happen, Boop? Yeah, that's a heck of a question. Um, you know, remember when the Browns were the nice new shiny coin to the NFL a couple years ago and everyone yeah. thought they were going to return to Providence? That bloom faded fast. Washington's going to win this one. Yeah, even with Carson Wentz at quarterback, uh, I don't understand <laughs> the move. I don't know why you go to Wentz at this point. But I, I think it's going to work at least for this week. And wouldn't that be something if they snuck into the playoffs, beat Minnesota in yeah. The, yeah. the playoffs and had to play the Eagles at the link? That would be awesome. I would love it. I'm taking Washington. Yeah, I'm taking Washington. But, boy, I'd like to be in the mouse in that coach's office corner and find out why this move was made because Taylor Heineke is certainly did not deserve to get benched in anything that I've been watching. Yeah, I don't get it. All right. That gets us to... The Eagles hosting the Saints. The Eagles minus you know, seven. I did the wait, Cowboys wait. first? Dallas, oh, did Tennessee. I miss the Cowboys? You oh. did, man. Oh, man. Oh, I backed up. Thursday night football. Yeah. Dallas you know, he versus He just got off vacation. you think he'd be a little more sharper, Chet, you know? I skipped yeah, I know. right I over did. it on my paperwork. Come on, Furman. Cowboys Dallas minus 10 against a bad Tennessee team now. Yeah. The Titans have lost five in a row. The Cowboys haven't been behind after 60 minutes since October 16th. But I'm going to go with Tennessee, and I'll give you an explanation of that when we get oh. to the last segment. Wow. I did not see that coming. Uh, I'm actually rooting for Dallas because if Tennessee were to upset them Thursday night, the Eagles would you know, clinch the NFC East at least without having to play the game. So I want them to have to win on Sunday. I want the Eagles to face a little pressure and have to beat the Saints to win the division and to get that first round by. So – I'm taking Dallas, and I think Dallas will win. And, yeah, I'm rooting for the Cowboys. I said that. Well, I'm not rooting for the Cowboys, but I think the Cowboys are going to win. Ryan Tannehill, you know, would give them a chance to win without Ryan Tannehill, who's not great anyway. I don't see uh, that happening. Tennessee has been struggling of late anyway. I'm going, I'm going Dallas on this one. Now that gets us to the Eagles. Hosting yes. the Saints, Eagles minus seven, boop. My crystal ball says that the birds are finally going to stop giving the ball away every other series. Um, they're going to roll to an easy victory. If they can hold the turnovers down to one and a half, I'd be happy. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. That, that's really the only reason they lost last week was those turnovers. I'm not going to bet the game, but I'm taking the Eagles to win and to cover. I feel if I'm going to you know, put money on them, I would jinx them. So I'm taking the Eagles, and I think they will cover the seven points. Yep, me too. 31-17 birds in this one. I think the Eagles score score a bunch of points, and uh, I'm not big on the New Orleans offense, although they are playing a little better here of late, but uh, I'm going Eagles in this. All so, right. Boop, throw us some weekly splits, bar and grill tidbits for Week 17. First of all, this is an added incentive thing here, Chet. The birds are still chasing the number one seed. They have no reason to not want to win, especially since – they're playing ahead 
of San Francisco and Minnesota on Sunday who don't play till the second game. So, yeah, they're going to come out and try to win no matter what happens. Um, Secondly, the one good thing about last week's loss to the Cowboys was it was on Saturday and not Sunday, which means the Eagles' streak of 14 straight regular season wins on Sunday is still alive. By the way, in NFL and AFL and AAFC history, only 11 teams have had a longer Sunday winning streak in 102 years. So it's something <laughs> to hang your hat on. Wow. There you go. So tell, tell else, us yeah, about this Tennessee-Dallas deal. Yeah. So, you know, Tennessee is home, and they are a 10-point underdog. That doesn't happen too often. It's only the fifth time this season that's happened. Uh, the Raiders are right around 10-2, so they could be 5-6. and six. But if you look back the last couple of years, since week 15 of last season, teams that are ten, home teams that are 10-point underdogs are 5-6 and six straight up. They won five of those 11 games. Go back another year, and they're 8-11. and 11. That's 8 out of 19 of teams 10-point underdogs at home. Uh, even covering, they've covered the last eight in a row and nine of the last ten. So NFL trends are saying that a 10-point underdog at home is winning at about a 42% clip. If you're a better and you can get the line, I saw the line at about plus 410, the money line for Tennessee. That's a dub- You're getting double your money getting a 40% odds rate to a thing that happens 20% of the time. I'm, I'm all over Tennessee winning this. Um, I may also, if the Raiders line stays at double digits, I may parlay them uh, together and then hopefully win myself a uh, you know new car or something. I do think Tennessee will cover. I do. Well, I'll tell I you what. I, they could win. You, you'll be right. hearing me whoop it up if uh, Tennessee knocks them off. That'd be, yeah. that'd be a beautiful thing. Hey, let me ask you something watch else, Boop. <laughs> hey, Boop, um, I know you're not a huge college football guy, but uh, we got a couple of pretty big football games this yes. weekend, the yes, semifinals, CFP. You going to be watching those games? I will. Um, I jumped on about six. Well, my college football enthusiasm is about early October. I try to pick five or six non-obvious teams to possibly sneak in and win the uh, title. And my goal is just to get to the playoffs and then win the first game so I can reverse them in the final. TCU is one of the teams I have. So if they can somehow upset Michigan and get to the final, I'm going to win some money um, a lot if they win the whole thing. But, yeah, um, I'm not as big a college fan as Bill is. I appreciate it. I couldn't tell you one player in college football, but I appreciate, appreciate the pageantry. Um, I appreciate how, you know, the, 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 the talent level of these teams. And quite frankly, I am looking forward to a 12-team playoff um, in a couple years because I think that a really open college football to a lot of people that don't partake of it now because they almost still sitting in the um, back of the old. They're only bowls in the final poll gives you the national champion days. So, you know, can you imagine, you know, NCAA selection Sunday is good for basketball. That's going to be off the charts for football when they get to it in a couple years. I'm with you. All right. Well, Boop, uh, give everybody a shout-out. Let them know where they can find you on all your social media, and we'll let you get back to splits and have a cold one. Yeah, you can. it's a cold one out here right now because uh, it's too loud inside. We're getting ready for karaoke, whatever right. that is. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BoopStats. Uh, I have a website, BoopStats.com, where I put a lot of the stuff um, that I use online there. Uh, TV schedules, stats. You know, and all this, all the fun stuff we talk about, uh, you can find it either on Twitter or on my website. Um, if it's not already on Chet's T-shirt. <laughs> hey, Boop, will you be marching in the Mummers Parade on Sunday? Bite your lip. <laughs> I went to one Mummers Parade the first year I was dating my, who is now my unfortunate wife, um, just to impress her because her best friend lived right off of Broad and 17th and somewhere. I went down to because she was going, and um, we have mutually decided since then that that was our first and only Mummers Day experience. God bless them. I know some Mummers. I appreciate their hard work through the year, the pageantry, uh, but it's not for me, and, um, you know, you know. I was just curious. I'm sure there are things I do that the Mummers want no parts of either, and I have that oh, list yeah. in my back pocket right now. So, a hey, hey, boop for the record, you've been to one more Mummers parade than I have. There you go. Exactly. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. All right. We'll right. see you in splits. All right. Yeah. Happy boop. New Year's, guys. Same to you, my friend. See ya.
All right, Jed. Good stuff from Boop. Hey, what would have been a great guest tonight, Frank Fitzpatrick, because he's always great. And, of course, Boop, Bob Vitron Jr., who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week. Well, Bill, as we get ready to flip the calendar to uh, the year 2023, our first guest of the new year will be a guy that we haven't talked to since last year. He's a guy who continues to have his finger on the pulse of the Philly sports scene, and he's a guy that I alluded to earlier today. He has been getting a lot of on-air work of late on 97.5 The Fanatic. He still writes for various publications. It is our old pal Kevin Cooney. Did I call him Rooney earlier? Yeah, it's Kevin Cooney. So, yeah. yeah, I think you should. Hey, and, yeah. and you know what, Chet? Um, if you follow Kevin or, or friends with Kevin on Facebook, uh, he has also posted his yep. Hall of Fame ballot, um, who he voted for. Check that out. Uh, we yep. might have a little conversation about a couple of those guys. We absolutely will. I have it on my uh, agenda for next week already. He was talking about it on the radio today, and I already oh, have the graphic it? ready to go for next week. So, yeah, we will discuss it because there's a lot of you know questionable choices on there from him. So uh, we'll give him a little, a little uh, question or two about that. Yes, absolutely. Hey, hey let, me tell, let me tell you, everybody, about uh, Philly Sports Trips at this point because they got a couple of exciting things coming up in the winter, including a trip, a bus trip to Barclays Center to see the Sixers take on Ben and the Nets February 11th. You know, that'll be a whole lot of fun. And then not one, but two trips down to Clearwater for Philly's spring training, including a meet and greet with Charlie Manuel on one of those. All the details on the website, phillysportstrips.com. Again, phillysportstrips.com. And Edge of Philly Sports has a new sponsor. It is this great ticket agency, Sherry's Ticket Town. They have a selection of concert and sporting event tickets with no hidden fees. It is Sherry's Ticket Town. And, yes, there are tickets to all the concerts you want to see at competitive secondary market prices. And you can save 10% with the promo code EOP. 10 for Edge of Philly Sports, EOP 10. It is Sherry's Ticket Town. The website, though, is sherrystickets.com, as you can see right on the screen. All right, good stuff. Hey, I, I wanted to throw at you, uh, uh, we talked about this briefly, uh, Craig Kimbrell becoming a Philly. Um, 22 saves last year. Uh, is he your guy? How, how do you feel about this pickup? Uh a lot of people think he's too old and his better days are far behind him. Um, are you are you happy that you're going to have Sir Anthony Dominguez as your closer, or are you happy with Craig Kimbrell, or we need somebody else yet? I think this is a big move if it yeah. works. I think it was a, worth a shot. It, it's a one-year deal worth $10 million. If you know Relievers at this stage of their careers are a crapshoot to be honest. So you're hoping you have, you know, a so-so year and then you go to a good year. And he's due, I think, for a better year than he had this past year when he still had 22 saves. So I think it was definitely worth a shot. It gives you some insurance if Sir Anthony, you know, can't stay healthy or if he struggles. And you got some other guys out in the pen now, Matt Strom, who really, really is happy about being a Philly. So I think it's, you know, the more arms you get, the better. Even if you have to do the bullpen by committee thing, you'd rather see one guy, and I think it will be Sir Anthony. So uh, I'm fine with it. Uh, $10 million? It's nothing, Bill. No, it's not. <laughs> it, it, it's sad to say, but it's not. Yeah, hey, uh, uh, rumor floating around about Cole Hamels wanting or maybe interested in a spring training tryout. How do you feel about that? No. Don't no? No. Too, too much nostalgia. Let him go somewhere else. He was – a great Philly, you know, happy to have him here when he was here. But, you know, he's had injury problems the last four or five years. I'm not giving him a shot. Sorry. How'd that work out for Steve Carlton at the end of his career? No. Okay. Are you happy that uh, the fifth st this fifth spot in the rotation is going to be saved for a kid, which is what it sounds like they're looking at? Yeah, I am. I, I absolutely am. Yeah. I mean, early in the season, you might not even need a fifth starter that often. So uh, if the kid doesn't make the team right away, you know, you just go with what you have. And then, you know, come May 1st or June 1st, you bring the kid up and, you know, hope for the best. Let him get his feet wet right away. All right. Two other questions for you. I'm jumping over to the Eagles as the season is coming to an end, uh, the, the 2022 season. 
Uh, obviously, we still have a few games left. Most valuable Eagle offensive player, most valuable Eagle defensive player Ooh. at this point in the Ooh. season. Obviously, you can't crystal ball ahead. You got to go either Jalen Hurts or A.J. Brown, obviously. Um, if Hurts is a legitimate contender for the league MVP, you got to say he's the offensive MVP on the Eagles, despite the amazing season that A.J. Brown has had. So I got to go Jalen with A.J. Brown a close second. On defense, uh, I got to say Hassan Reddick. Uh, he's their leading sacker. Uh, he's been really great the last several weeks. Otherwise, you know, uh Card Johnson Card I can never get his name right. You know, Gardner the, the Johnson. quarterback was hurt. Yeah, Gardner, Gardner Johnson. Johnson. Uh, he's been hurt the last four weeks, and he would have been considered otherwise. Slay got off to a great start this year. Hasn't been all that great lately. For me, it's definitely Hassan Reddick on defense. Yeah, interesting. Uh, that, that, good, good choices. Go, I'll, I'll go with that. Did you realize, uh, and I think you actually might have saw the note I made on this, TJ Edwards uh, – is not going to the Pro Bowl, one of only just a handful of Eagles not going, uh, actually has almost half again as many tackles as everybody else on the team. It's not even close. He's at, uh, what was the number, 147 tackles or something, and the next one is 81 or something, I forget. Shouldn't say the numbers because I don't have it right on top of my head, but great year by T.J. Edwards, and nobody's heard of him and nobody knows what he's doing. Yeah, he was really good. He was a pleasant surprise. In fact, the whole linebacking crew, I thought, was you know much better than we could have anticipated this year. So uh, kudos to Howie on that front. And he kept T.J. Edwards around, and he really blossomed this year. So definitely a very strong year for T.J. Edwards. Yep. One final Eagles question. Um, were you concerned about Dak Prescott and his ability to uh, kind of throw the ball at will last week? Does that bother yeah, you? Yeah, especially against what? what was apparently considered to be zone defense by the Eagles. He was like the perfect 24 out of 24. It's a definite concern. So yeah, I am concerned. And Jonathan, uh, Jonathan Gannon, is he your guy? He's, he is for now. I, I think he's going to get a job elsewhere next year. So we'll have another guy. All right. Hey, speaking of our year, Bill, we have to mention that we have had quite a year at Philly press box radio. You know, there are 52 weeks in a year, and we did exactly 52 shows. At the end of April, we celebrated our eighth anniversary. In mid-May, then, we did a show partnering with uh, Chris Parsons and Women Versus Abuse, doing a live show from the link with this, this guy, uh, Troy Vincent, right there with us on the show, plus Dave Spadaro from the Eagles. Then in July, we marked our 400th show with a live on remote broadcast. And, boy, that was a lot of fun. It included uh, us at the Irish Rover for our 400th show. Boy, that was a blast. Thanks to Big Al and Joey Sheeran for joining us on that front. We've had great guests every single week, and that included about 15 first-timers this year, such as the aforementioned Troy Vincent, plus another former Eagle, Brian Westbrook, and his children's book co-author, Leslie Van Arstall. Sixers play-by-play -play voice, Kate Spot, uh, Scott, former Philly Kevin Stalker, the great musical duo, Williams Honor, Phillies beat reporter, Alex Coffey, Eagles reporter, Zach Berman, and radio host, Jody McDonald. So clearly it's been a fun year. We have lots of fun doing this still. And we hope everybody out there watching and listening is enjoying the shows as much as we do, because uh, we're going to keep it going into 2023. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we do 53 shows last year? Aren't we? We got a, yeah, we got a ripping streak going. Yeah, we got a ripping streak going, yeah, we we got streak going do we? Uh, yeah, we're doing pretty well. We haven't missed a show. I think, uh, yeah, 52 this year in 52 weeks. I think we did a 53 the previous year because of the way the calendar went. Just because of the way it fell. Good, good yep. stuff. Again, uh, we want to thank everybody that hangs with us each week. Uh, couldn't do it without you. Uh, we have fun. We enjoy the feedback you guys give us. We try to throw them up on the, on the screen as we can, but, uh, we certainly appreciate all of you and, and gotten to meet some of you now, which uh, that's fun too. And uh, we're going to continue on. We need, uh, as we said early on, um, we have some medical issues. People take care of yourselves and uh, uh, be safe out there and take care of your medical issues as uh, we ain't getting no younger, Chet. No, we are not. All right. You ready to put a wrap? Wrap it up, Bill. 
All right, let's do it. Let's thank tonight's special guest. We're going to Frank, uh, thank Frank Fitzpatrick anyway because he sure tried it. We'll get him another time. Bob yep. Patron Jr., our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC 118 Raz Room, and Dave LaVoy of Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We wish you and everyone else a happy and safe New Year. We hope you enjoy the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, January 4th, 2023, Chet, at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen through our website, phillypressboxradio.com slash phillypressboxradio on Google Podcasts as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadios, and all the others. Happy New Year. High hopes, Philadelphia sports fans, and go Birds! Should all the quintans be forgotten?